0: Welcome to Covenant Church's Sermon Discussion. This conversation happens most Wednesdays on Facebook Live between me, Michelle Lichty, the Communication Director at Covenant, and the Preaching Pastor from the previous Sunday. If you haven't already, I recommend listening to the sermon before listening to our discussion. Well, good afternoon and welcome to our sermon discussion. I am Michelle Lichty and I am here today with David Henderson.
1: Readings to you all. Joy to be with you.
0: Good to be with you too, David. We are here to talk with you about your sermon this past Sunday on James chapter 1, verses 19 and 20, titled Slowing Our Reactions. And when I saw that podcast, the title hit my podcast feed yesterday, I was like, wait, was that what the sermon was about? (laughs) And then I had to look at my notes and say, oh yeah, it was. It was about slowing our reactions.
1: In part, obviously about uh, much more as well. Um,
0: Yes, yes. And I just want to read James 19 through 20, um, since it's just a couple of verses, just as a reminder for us, I'm realizing as we're going through this book very slowly, the book of James, that sometimes I get lost as to where we are. Hmm. Um, So the verses are, my dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires.
1: Great. Thank you. And um, I know you know this, but just to clarify this for those who are listening, uh, the the word in Greek is the word man, but Mm -hmm. even the way it's used in other places in the book of James, james is making clear that he's speaking to men and women and it is a person's anger not a man's anger uniquely although men uh, unfortunately can often be the ones who spout off in anger but um yeah so
0: yeah this, was, it's for men and women i was realizing i'm reading from an from a the 1983 version of the niv yeah so Um, That would also explain why. But yeah, so it should be my dear brothers and sisters, a person's anger. Yes. Um, And every person. This applies to every person. Um, So thank you for clarifying that. Um, I (laughs) the first thing I have written down for my notes is all about cancel culture. I thought that contrast was really striking hmm. Hmm. that Christ cancel Christ cancel culture versus the cultures cancer cancel culture <laughs> say that quickly yeah. so can you just describe quickly the differences between those two
1: yeah that was something I mean you you know my interests go in so many different directions I happen to re- be reading this a book on word origins of course um and uh and and I came across this word cancel and I had no idea what it's related to the word chancel in the front of a sanctuary and that kind of the crisscrossing grid of wood, uh, the wood screen that would separate the front part where the altar or the, you know, platform was from the sanctuary. Um, but the idea that it's, it's, uh, it's rude is to cross out. And so, you know, they didn't have white out back in the days of papyrus or, or whatever parchment so they would just do this kind of really uh fine cross work um and and i was just i just started thinking about the incredibly stark contrast between that which i mean um in in our cancel culture of our world today mm-hmm. there is almost a delight in eliminating the person and trying to seek to eliminate them and their reputation, get them off of the speaker's bureau, get them off of the faculty, whatever, we want to get rid of you. But there's almost a delight in holding up the sin and the shame. It's like, uh, we're we're going to parade this person's failure uh, and connect it with them. And I'm thinking about how absolutely inverse that is to what Jesus, he could have done that. So holy God, but he does just the opposite. He absorbs our, our guilt and our shame. And allows himself to be crossed out and mm. in order that that we as individuals might be lifted up into the the life that God has for us and into dignity and 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 wholeness as God does his redemptive work
0: mm.
1: yeah so the the contrast yeah, okay. is so striking and then part of how that plays out in the book of James you know you talked about the complex structure of james and it is complex. I mean I the more I'm thinking about it, the more I'm thinking it's like those Guatemalan weavers who have this capacity to introduce a a color up here and then it disappears and then it shows up down here again later on in this beautiful mm-hmm. pattern and it's only when you get to the end of it you go wow look how beautifully this all hangs together. It just to me it seemed like a a color theme that got introduced and then disappeared but here it mm-hmm. shows up again and then here it shows up again and ah now I'm starting to see the pattern. So um mm-hmm. So this is one of those places where uh, I'm persuaded that, you know, as we've talked about, often, not always by any means, but often the key theme of a letter or a book is introduced at the middle, anticipated Mm -hmm. at the beginning and the end, but it's really dealt with at the middle. What's at the middle of the book of James? This contrast of these two kinds of wisdom: a wisdom that takes God out of the picture and a Mm -hmm. wisdom that puts God at the center of the picture. And it's so clear that He is anticipating. Where he's going in this short section that we looked at on Sunday, about anticipating this wisdom that comes from above, that mm. is gracious and peace loving and sincere and teachable, and so on.
0: It brings to mind um, West Tillett's sermon a couple weeks ago about um, when he talked about God's God takes puts the world upside down, mm. and and that's exactly. That's exactly what he's doing again, right? Yes. Because we think um you know, in the world's wisdom that we need to defend Jesus or defend God, defend the Bible and and um and that can lead us to be talkers, not listeners. That can lead us to be um, angry and frustrated when other people don't agree with us, and and God says, "Well, no. What I want you to do is to be quick to listen and slow to speak."
1: Yeah, it, it's all it all seems so upside down because we are people of the truth, mm-hmm. and. How could I let somebody trample truth and not speak up, not pull out my sword? And and I think I think what your point is is exactly right, Michelle. That and and I might just slightly change the wording. It's um, I think there are times that we are called to defend, meaning to make a defense of, to to offer an an apologetic for, to say here's yes. why Christianity is reasonable. Here's why it. Um, it's appropriate to think in terms of moral absolutes, and I think that sort of thing. I think there's a right yes. making of a defense that we're called to, but to 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 see it as our job to get a person to be in a different place than where they are, and in that sense to defend. Yes. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna get you from here to here. Um, that's the part that that instinctively seems so right. Defending God, defending truth but turns out to be the opposite of the strategy that God calls us to. And I think that's um, Hmm. one of the things I really sought to bring out in the message. I didn't really, I don't know that I use those terms, but um, I think sometimes people can mistake the call to be uh, quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to get angry as somehow a um, devaluing of truth that Hmm. that, um, you deal with it. Like here's love, here's truth, which is more important. Obviously, love is more important than truth. It can sound mm-hmm. like that's what's being said. Not at no. all the case. The word, word right. of truth comes up in just the verse right before this and, and talks about it as life-changing. Um, so the the issue is not, how do you weigh the two in terms of their value to God? No, they're absolutely equal in value because they find equal expression in the character of God, his holiness and his love. But the question is, what is the strategy by which we are meant to, in the end, help close the gap between a person and the God who created them, and the, mm-hmm. and the Jesus who died for them? Um, so it it's not a ultimate weighing of these things. It's what is the way to help you see these things from God's perspective, and that is ultimately. It's kind of the spoiler alert to the to the message. It's ultimately. When your heart is transformed by Jesus, then you will begin to uh to understand the, the place of truth and 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 desire to live in keeping with it.
0: Yes. I was looking over my notes and I, I was like, I have written down twice it isn't fair, dot dot dot. It isn't fair, dot dot dot. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what does that refer to? It isn't fair to to expect non-believers to act like Christians. And it isn't fair for, I don't remember the second one.
1: <laughs> I'm impressed you pulled that up. That's great. Yeah. And the other <laughs> one is, nor is it fair for us to expect that followers of Jesus, who are trying faithfully to follow him, trying to figure out how to apply the scriptures in their life, would believe, um, would would land on the exact same convictions that we would about political issues or theological interpretation on on secondary issues and that kind of thing. That it's not fair that we would insist that. Uh, all Christians would be exactly like-minded, nor exactly like our minds.
0: Yes, I'm just writing that down right now because I was like, "Oh, as soon as you started, I'm like, I knew it started with Christians." Yeah, I'm I'm followers impressed Followers of that Christ, yeah. but I was like, "Where did that go?" Yeah. Yes. Um. And it's. <clears throat> yeah, I'm just thinking about the, you know, the word strategy and thinking about um, you know God's strategy for getting our attention and and mm-hmm. how unhuman it is it it is it is so unhuman
1: right <laughs> yeah you know? I mean it, I think one of the things one of the things that can sometimes just sort of embarrass us as Christians and should be actually a source of deep contemplation for us is how is it? That Jesus was accused of being a drunkard. How is it that he was? I mean, I think his reputation was being called into question of hanging out with prostitutes. I mean, what what yeah. was really going on? Um, and I think that is, I think that's a provocative source of reflection. Mm-hmm. You know, we we kind of go, yeah, go Jesus when he's flipping tables in the temple. Um, <laughs> but I think I I think The harder thing to reconcile and it's exactly what you're talking about god's strategy in coming to us in jesus was to love us and to absorb on the cross himself the the requirement of justice and what um you know that line um from scott saul's a gentle answer Mm. wow did that just pierce me yeah do you want to read why
0: is why is the world's experience of Christians, so different than Christians' experiences of Jesus. Yeah.
1: And that that gets back at exactly what you were saying, Michelle, uh, that was, I think, per, so perceptive of saying, um, essentially, what is our job and mm. what is God's job mm-hmm. in vindicating God's own justice? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think... That's one of those places where we we mispresent Jesus, we misrepresent him, misrepresent him um, Mm -hmm. by our feeling that it's our responsibility to vindicate the justice of God and His moral standards, and instead of understanding that God's ultimate strategy is to begin by transforming the human heart, right and. And then our lives begin to line up with his righteous purposes that which our anger our insisting can never bring about
0: right, yes, and it's um, I mean I think at some at some level, it feels I'm trying to find the right word audacious maybe um, prideful maybe to think that god's truth needs me yeah. right he like he needs me to in to defend him yeah. like he is god he's creator right. almighty god what makes me think that he needs me to def- to be his defense?
1: Yeah, I think that's right. So, so how does truth man itself manifest itself in the life of a believer? Because truth matters to God. That's yes. and we're not saying it doesn't by saying what you just said. So, how in what way is it supposed to um, be given expression in my life? And I I think that the The ways we would answer that is first, um, the truth is a way. Jesus says, Mm. "I am the way, and the truth, and the life." So there is a way that I am meant to walk that is consistent with the truth. Truth is what conforms with reality. Reality is that there is a God who who looms over everything else, who in every respect explains why all this exists and why Mm. I exist and my living in uh my life in consist consistent with the truth is a life that in every way reaffirms the truth of that that my life mm-hmm. is yielded and submitted to him, and every part of my life traces back to his presence his holy and loving presence in my life. I mean that's the ideal that we live more and more into uh, mm-hmm. and uh, and then I think there are right places as I mentioned in the in the sermon where there's a right place for political engagement uh, mm. and, and and that would be uh, through active involvement in the political process processes. and there's a right way to seek societal justice. There's a right way to weigh in to mistreatment of the poor or or uh, gouging prices by a landlord or what whatever I mean on the multiple list of trafficking or so many other kinds of abuses in our culture uh, right. mistreatment of children. And it's right that we would step in um, seeking to rectify those things. But again, it's not our job to, to plant the banner of truth. It's our job to Lift. live our lives in a way that's consistent with the truth that we have come to know. That, that might not be yeah. quite the right way to phrase it. But um,
0: But I think um, this is where I get into like what God calls me to do in this culture. It is different than what he calls you to do in this culture, is different than what he calls every single person who follows him to right. do. Because one person can't do it all.
1: Yes. That's but a good together, observation.
0: But together we can do something.
1: That's exactly right.
0: And that it's that living it out in a gracious way, right? In a gracious way. I'm just thinking of the church wherever it is in the South that like are in your face with with the banners and the protests and the everything, and I'm like, but that's not loving and gracious,
1: right
0: It's truth without love,
1: yeah and and God's desire is ultimately that truth truth would reach a human heart and not just build a wall that is his moral standard and drop it somewhere on the world. Um, I think, uh, so it is, you know, we talked about the uh, a change of mind matters to God, but a change of mind only comes with a change of heart, and a change of heart only comes about as God does that redemptive work on the inside of you. So, and Michelle, you're, you're also raising something that I think is so important. Um, you know, as people look uh, across the width of the church, they realize that there are um, a variety of different beds of different people, all of whom are seeking to follow jesus faithfully mm-hmm. there's the contemplative tradition of the monasteries and the monks and the and prayer uh the contemplative prayer there there's the strong um, uh kind of worship devotional life piety uh dimension there's a very strong relational family we are brothers and sisters dimension there's the acts of service dimension there's the um, seek the peace of the city in which you live dimension. And then there's also the prophetic, there's there are the Ezekiels and the Isaiahs who who stand up and, and say, thus saith the Lord, this is this is what is right and this is what is wrong. And I think when when the church together, when each individual is being faithful to their own gifting and calling, the church as a whole will give a beautiful um portrait of the whole character of God, which is mm way beyond what I as an individual can do.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
1: you know, it is uh, Jesus often, you know, his language is so often plural and so is Paul's. It is our love that will reveal that we are his followers, mm-hmm. not just my love necessarily, but ours together in its collective expression.
0: Mm-hmm. As we
1: together care, respond to need, as we together mm-hmm. engage in the needs and broken places of our culture. Mm-hmm we, we put the character of God on display.
0: Right. And so I think, go ahead. Oh, I was, I was just thinking about how grateful I am that God became a man in Mm. Jesus, because if we did not like, where would we be without, first of all, I mean, obviously his salvation, but also his example as a person living on this earth.
1: Yes absolutely michelle i think it's so interesting because i think i mean i'm still getting this now after being a follower of christ for more than 40 years and i'll be preaching on this in a couple of weeks as we get to that section in in chapter two about the royal law of love Mm -hmm. the i mean augustine i mean he he put his finger on this before the year 400 saying you know what is um you know we're called to live a life of obedience obedience to what Well, to his commandments. What's the essence of his commandment? To love, love God, love people, period. Mm -hmm. How do we do that? We're given Jesus as an example and as the power within us to make that possible. But um, his life gives us the picture of what that looks like. So what is the thing God is calling me to? Be like Jesus. You know, it's it's like, it's so simple. We can make it so complicated. Where's the list of all the things I need to be obedient to and all that? Just live a life of love brings us to the very, Part of what it means to live an obedient life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, and and that we can't reflect God's love to the world without doing that.
1: Yeah, that's right. So then, just to just to to turn it to the really practical, because I think this is yes. so important. Um, you know, one of the things I tried to do in this message was to take it out of the theoretical and really press it into, it could look like this. Right. Asking a question, listening well, giving your full attention, asking a follow-up question, continuing to listen well, keeping it with the other person, not shifting it over to you. And then after the person has communicated their perspective and you feel like you've really explored it, then to 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 sum up, is this what you're saying? Is this your conviction? Is this your, is this your belief? I find that really interesting. And then to pursue with some curiosity, you know, I'm, I'm really curious about how that got formed. I'm really curious about what sources you draw from. I'm really curious about how you fit this need that you are concerned. You identify together with this need that we haven't talked about yet. You know, all that kind of stuff that I think those um, practical ways of engaging in a a conversation. Mm -hmm. um, There is love works itself out in specific patterns of relating that are so simple and so crucial. You know, I, I started with the David Augsburger quote, uh, something like uh loving someone and listening to someone are so mm. closely related in terms of how a person experiences them that they're really almost indistinguishable. And yeah. you know, do I do I pay attention? Do I let it cost me to attend Mm. to you. Um, And how do I do that with eye contact and leaning in and not interrupting and, and showing interest and not checking my phone or my watch or. um, Right.
0: I just read somewhere the average person. Go ahead. Practice curiosity. Yes. And I love that. I love those words together because curiosity, right? That you can ask questions about anything and then practice means you may not get it right. And it's okay. You're going to practice some more and practice and practice and practice.
1: And it is so hard to offend someone when you're being curious with them. So hard. Yeah. I was, um, another conversation that I had on this trip was with a woman sitting on the plane who was uh, heading off to New Zealand. And, uh, and, and I caught her at a really significant time in her life. um, And she was really thinking deeply about a lot of things and we spent most of the flight with me just asking questions and then practicing curiosity, and we got to the end of the time and And I said something about practicing curiosity. I used that phrase, and she said, "It's exactly right i mean and that's what you've been doing this whole conversation you've just been you've been showing me so much interest by just being curious about the stuff I'm thinking about and and trying to figure out and thank yeah. you for that."
0: And I I mean, I just was reminded as we were talking about restating what somebody said and and it can feel kind of intimidating um to be like, oh, am I hearing you right? Can my can I restate it in your words? Um and I, I don't know, sometimes I feel like I'm afraid to even try that mm. because I'm afraid of of hurting their feelings. But several weeks ago we were you and I and other people were in a meeting and I was saying something really hard for me to say. And another person on our team restated what I, he said, what I think I hear you saying, Michelle is, and he said it. And I felt such relief. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So to understand that, you know, When I'm afraid to try to restate someone else's Mm -hmm. thoughts, that's focusing on me again. (laughs) Like, if I am truly listening, and I truly want to understand, it feels like a relief for the other person to be understood. And, And I can see where that feels like, oh, you must love me.
1: Yes. And Michelle, if I could, uh, thank you so much for sharing that. I think I, that was a really powerful moment. And I watched that happen. Um, but I also think, um, I mean, think about, I'd be interested in, if you're in your reaction if he had said, so is this what you're saying? And he has said something that kind of missed what you were saying and feeling.
0: Hmm.
1: What would you have felt in that moment? M- my guess is you might have felt, I, this is great. I, Somebody I, wants to know what I'm feeling. Right. Let me try again.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah, I wouldn't have been offended at all if he had missed it. I would have been like, "Well, okay, you you're about 80% there or you're about 60% yeah. there and you're missing this crucial piece." Yeah. So let me restate it and let's try to let me try to stay another way. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I would not have been offended.
1: <laughs> yeah, you would you would love the opportunity to clarify. Wow, I I thought I was being clear and obviously I wasn't. So let me try to say this again. Um and uh and and He would have been delighted to have had you clarify and would not have been the least bit offended if you had said, no, that really isn't that it really isn't it. Um,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. It's it's more this.
0: Um, Yeah. Yeah. And I. Yeah, go ahead. I think it's. So maybe what we need to do, I'm just saying we as people in covenant church. Um, as followers of Christ, maybe we should just start practicing this with each other, and then it won't feel so intimidating to practice it with our neighbors and practice it with with uh, people we meet on the plane or in the grocery store or because I think it's it's that practice that's yeah. kind of where I'm landing today is that practice oh, yeah. I'm thinking yeah. about I used to work in bill bright's office who's the founder of Campus Crusade for christ and I remember interacting a lot with his, with his personal assistants and they would be like, Oh, we can't even go to the store with him because it's like, all of a sudden he's sharing Christ with, he's going through the, the gospel message with the person at the de, at who's checking him out. And I'm like, well, how did you get there? Like you just bought a tie and now you're sharing Christ. Mm-hmm. Well, because he had practiced curiosity enough that he could ask, like, and he had followed the Holy spirit enough that he could ask the right questions. And God brought people in His in His path who were ready. Yep,
1: Yep. Michelle, I love that. And uh, and it is interesting because I I chose to somewhat narrow the application
0: Mm -hmm.
1: this passage to those uh, having conversations with those whose views we disagree with, which is one particular slice. But James doesn't narrow it down. He pretty much says, uh, like pretty much every relationship you have, this is what should characterize that relationship. So with those you love the most. Those you share life with, um, those who are your closest friends, your kids, your parents, your your husband, your wife, your best friend, um, your brothers and sisters in Christ and going out from there. So there's. um, Yeah, I think if we practice it everywhere, we'll get better at it everywhere. And and I think that takes us really, um, really close to the living out of this whole um, live a life of love business. Mm hmm
0: yes and understanding that the truth is still the truth right i always i've told my kids all the time truth all truth is god's truth no matter who discovered it mm-hmm. right yep. so Absolutely. um yeah so we can conf- so we can affirm people who have quote unquote discovered god's truth like yes i believe that is true too that all people are valuable i can agree with you on that the why they're valuable. We may disagree on the why, yes. but we can't agree on that truth.
1: And that's that's probably a separate conversation. But one of the things I love right. to do in that moment is to be able to say, as a follower of Christ, I, can, I have that same view. Because then what I'm immediately doing is shifting the source of the truth from me. Andy. I am not the source of the truth.
0: Right. I'm a
1: seeker after the truth. And I believe I found it. And here is where it is. And so, as a follower of Him, I am able to share your perspective, or I see that a little bit differently.
0: Um,
1: yeah, and it's amazing yeah. how that diffuses and invites further discussion. Mm,
0: yeah, absolutely. And that's
1: that. Once you've done all the restated to their uh, right. satisfaction and practice curiosity, then would finally. So, what about you? What do you think? Well, as a follower of Jesus, here's how I kind of frame this in. Mm-hmm. Right,
0: right. Any last thoughts for?
1: Uh, well, I think the spirit um, that you are getting at, Michelle, is so important, which is mm. the, the let's give it a go. Let's try. Mm-hmm. Um, let's let's risk. Let's risk messing up. Um, you know that even, you know, in my experience, it's not just when I wrongly restate what a person is thinking or feeling that mm-hmm. there's opportunity to grow closer to that person. I find that that's also true when I mess up and I can go back to a person and say, I'm really sorry. I really hurt you in that. Or that's opportunity mm. for us to move forward together. That doesn't have to set us back. That can actually carry us farther forward. So even if we mess up and hurt each other's feelings in the process, you know, there's no mistake that's fatal in the kingdom of God, um, apart from our refusing to give our allegiance to Jesus, you know, everything else right. there's, he, he can redeem and bring forward. Yes.
0: Yes, and and taking that step can build trust.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah.
0: It builds trust so fast when we admit we're wrong. Mm. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today, David.
1: For me to be with you as always.
0: And thank you to our audience, whether you've joined us live on Facebook or later on our blog or our podcast. We are grateful for the few minutes that you spent with us today. Have a wonderful day.